Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the CX Cast. This is Jenny Wise, and I am joined today in studio by Forrester analyst Angelina Jenis. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. Today, we're going to tackle a topic that I'm sure everyone listening to this is very interested in, so we're glad you're here. Listeners, for some background, Angelina is an analyst on the customer experience team here who covers all things CX, including CX teams, CX vision, and CX culture. And so today she's going to help us answer the question of what is a CX champion and what can a CX champion program look like? That's right. Yeah, and it's a broad term, right? CX champion. I mean, sometimes we're talking about our CX champion on the C-suite who is there for us in those conversations. In this case, we're talking about CX champion programs, which are a little bit more defined around the employees that we want to engage in CX education and activities. Yeah, and I'm glad that you started there because it is a big term, right? So I'm Mm -hmm. sure we will answer that question fully in about 15 minutes here. But maybe to start with dissecting it, what is the goal of a CX champion at all, right? So is it, as you're mentioning, to help democratize the mindset? Is it someone who's helping to evangelize the role of CX practitioners in the organization? Or is it something else or all of it? Well, if you look at all of the things CX teams are looking to accomplish, and there's a lot of different things, Mm -hmm. you know, they're trying to set up measurement programs, they're trying to get initiatives underway across the organization. And what they oftentimes realize is they can't show up at the door of a business unit or function and ask them to change what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Those employees will not be prepared for that. So a CX Champions program is really about educating individuals on CX, what it is, how we improve it, as well as getting that input so that it can become a two-way street. Okay. And so the program is educating people outside of the CX function. Exactly. Yes. Right. Thank so you for clarifying that. <laughs> We're going to dissect this so much that everything will be <laughs> at the employee level. Okay, great. So it's getting them to understand what CX does, what the CX vision is, and start that two-way conversation so that the CX team can be impactful. Yep. That and also now you have these champions who can then advocate for the CX team when the CX team isn't there. So let's say you have what a team of three, you're not going to be everywhere, but you want to advocate for those best practices. And those champions can take a lot of pride in helping you do that as well as training their own colleagues. Yeah, so that actually leads into my next question. Now that we've talked about the goal here, what the actual CX champion is is something else that can have a lot of different meanings. Because there's the CX Champion program, right, which brings to mind something that has a stated objective and is being followed through with a certain degree of rigor and practice. But then there's a CX Champion, which is a person, right, who's maybe doing this in more of an ad hoc way. So when we think about the CX Champion program, what model does it take? What does it look like? Or if there are variations, what are some of those variations? There are variations, but I think at the core of it, they all have a component of training because you have to create this baseline understanding before you can engage in meaningful conversations around improving the customer experience Mm -hmm. or getting champions input on the customer experience. So training, how we're going to train them in, for example, the CX competencies. And then it has 
to have some roles and responsibilities for those champions. They need to feel like they are a part of determining the customer problems that need to come to the table and be discussed because they should feel like they have a role in this whole thing, not just that they are being pushed to behave differently or be involved in initiatives in a passive way, but like they are helping shape those initiatives. So then thinking about the program, what it is is it involves training of employees outside of CX so that those employees can then help to champion the CX vision within their day-to-day jobs or their other interactions with other employees. Correct. So CX champions programs enable these champions to evangelize what the CX team is working on. It empowers them to apply that not just to their day-to-day, but teach others in their teams how to apply it to their day-to-day. It also empowers them to come to the CX team with ideas and with customer problems that aren't being addressed. So you are creating two communication channels, basically, because before they had to just kind of deal with their customers' problems in very functional ways, and now they see a light at the end of the tunnel where they can actually impact fixing these problems. Right. And that's interesting what you just said. These are two channels because it does become a two-way street, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. So the CX team is benefiting because they have others in the organization who are bought in to this vision and helping to execute on it within their functions. But then they're also getting information back so that they can help have a better CX program and strategy so that they aren't also operating within a silo, Mm -hmm. right? Which often I feel like can be the downfall of CX teams is that they become this center of excellence, but that isn't well embedded in the rest of the organization. Right. And a lot of these programs will start small. So they'll start maybe with the front lines because the front lines will understand, okay, this resonates with what I'm doing and I understand what the customer's problems are and I can get involved. But eventually I encourage these programs to think more cross-functionally across the organization and bring in people from the back office Mm -hmm. so that they can bring their own perspectives. Because ultimately, a customer problem isn't just between the front lines and the customer. It's somewhere deep down there in the organization. Mm -hmm. And those back office employees can help say, oh, what I do upstream is impacting what you're doing downstream. Right. So then thinking of who's involved in this program, is there a strategy in where to get started? So do you start with those frontline employees and then slowly build into it? Or are there certain titles or roles or departments that you suggest or see that companies start in? I've seen a lot of companies start on the front lines, but I've also seen them just go out there and grab what they believe would be CX champions based on managers' recommendations, Mm -hmm. based on character, based on leadership potential. Because you want to pick people that will seem willing to change their behaviors or willing to get things done. In some champion programs, it really is more about training and discussion. And in others, it can be much more intensive. We saw an example with Verant where they were dedicating 25% of their time to the champions program. And in that case, you really want to make sure that the people you are bringing in had customer-centric behaviors, which can include understanding how they impact the customer even from Um, a few steps removed from the experience. So thinking about 25% of their time, because I think that's really interesting. And also when I think about CX and UX and the need to evangelize these functions across the organization, one of the hardest things is that it takes time to put in that effort, right? And that thinking and that continuous loop with others. So when they were saying they dedicated 25% of their time, what does that mean? And what does that really look like? Yeah, in their case, they were actually having the individual's own 
projects. So they had their own departmental KPIs that they were thinking of. And then as CX champions, they were learning about how to leverage the customer data in new ways so that they could own an initiative that would further CX, but also be of value to their departments. So it was repurposing a lot of their time at their work, still doing their jobs, but doing them in a more CX focused way. Yeah, which is great because it's going to be hard to get by and to say, I'm just going to dedicate all of my time to this other function. Right. And the key thing there is that the leadership had recognized CX as a major strategic initiative. So now your department head feels like they are contributing to that because they have an individual that is working towards it. Great. So that is one model. I'm guessing that is one of many models that you've come across in your research. Are there Mm -hmm. some other ones that you could share? Sure. I've seen a few ArcBest, which started small with these micro trainings and expanded from there. And they sort of prototyped it in a few ways. They started with their customer solutions group. And now they're thinking, what about our truck drivers? And they went from, you know, just 10 minutes of training to those who are more interested going into in-person training. So there's a lot of ways you can think of for those who are interested in it. How can I go deeper and deeper with them into this? And that's the model I've seen where they start with training and they move Mm -hmm. on from there. And then you can have sort of what does train the trainers look like? So how can we have them feel empowered to start training themselves and amplifying that way? I love the example of Adobe Design Team because they give capes to the people who they identify as champions. So it's not so much a formalized program where these champions are expected to do specific things. It's recognizing the people who championed design in the room when the design team wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And what was great about that was that they hit on something that was culturally relevant. So the capes just seem really cool to employees and they all want them. Mm-hmm. So it just proves that it doesn't need to be overly complicated, but it needs to resonate with people and people need to feel like they've been chosen in some way. Mm-hmm. Love it. So everyone's just create a cape. Yeah. I wonder, does the cape say something? Have you seen it? It's does red it and yeah. it's a really cool red cape and it's got a little logo on it. So maybe this is just something that I'm struggling with when I think of this program. So I'm curious to hear your take on it. A lot of companies will do workshops or train people cross-functionally in their organization on, you know, design thinking or what does this process look like or CX and journey mapping and the importance of it. But then after the training, people sort of go back to their day jobs and forget about it, Mm -hmm. right? Or maybe think about it sometimes, but it doesn't change the way that they work or the product roadmap that they're working on really tangibly. As part of a CX program, is there some type of cyclical check-in to it, right? Are there some companies that do just train and it's sort of one and done and you hope that the message has resonated? Or if you have a champion, is it someone who you are recognizing and continually creating checkpoints with? Mm -hmm. There are definitely a lot of programs where they do graduate the champions so Mm -hmm. that they can get more into the program and start the training process over. I've seen alumni included in ongoing champions events in different ways. But I think that the truth of it, and this is true with any CX activities, is you can't do any one thing in a vacuum and hope that it's going to work. So while you are doing your CX champions program, there should be some work happening in the background or in parallel to ensure that when they go back to their day job, they now have different goals. They have different motivations to work differently because ultimately it shouldn't just be changing what this one champion is doing. It should be changing what their whole team is doing. 
So if you are just going champion by champion, it's going to take forever. Mm -hmm. And you need to think about how to get them all to work differently together. Right. And that's why I actually really liked that Adobe example, because the outcome of this is to get people to be the voice of Mm -hmm. CX and CX goals. Right. Even when they're not in that function. Then Adobe is continually recognizing people who are just doing that in their day-to-day, right, or in any type of a project. So that's a really good example of incentivizing people to continue to think this way after they have done a workshop or been sort of brought up to speed on that CX goal. Yeah. And the cape is, I mean, once you are seen with that cape, you have to represent forever. (laughs) I think I just want everyone to have capes handed out at their jobs. We can can get you a cape. Can we do that? Yeah, we'll have to have a Forrester cape. So beyond the capes as the the best class example of how to get this program up and running and stay, what other types of metrics or incentives or support helps keep these employees motivated to continue to participate? Yeah, the biggest thing is leadership being present throughout the program, literally stopping in and joining in on meetings when these champions are talking about customer problems that they think are important or talking about the progress they were making. Because if leadership doesn't seem included in this, Mm -hmm. the champions don't feel any more empowered. They don't believe that it is anything more than extra training. The minute leaders show interest, they realize this is bigger than just the Champions Program. It's about a transformation, and that totally changes the motivation to be a part of it. Then I imagine that in addition to having them come into the meetings, you also have to make sure that what they're focusing on is really business critical, too, to provide the value for leadership to care. Yeah, So when you're thinking about what to train these champions on, I would think a lot about things like building a business case. It doesn't have to get too in the weeds, but if they understand how you take a customer problem, use design thinking to map out the opportunities and then build a business case around it, that alone would be so empowering for them. And it also set them on the right track for what we end up prioritizing on our CX roadmap and why. Yes, and we know that understanding that ROI and business case is really important, especially mm-hmm. to the CX practice. We had you on the podcast talking about that several mm-hmm. weeks ago. That's right. Okay, so in addition to the leadership attention, is there anything to be done at a broader scale across the organization to recognize the contributions? Yeah, absolutely. So there's the minor things you can do, like give them badges. I mean, that having something on the desk. (laughs) Badges and capes, yes, please. (laughs) Having something on the desk always matters. But then also thinking about internal communications, how are you going to report out all the great successful things they're doing? is really important so they feel they've got recognition. And honestly, the big measure of success here, and Microsoft Advertising said it really well, was to have these champions' respective teams see them as CX leaders. Mm. Because a CX team never wants to be the heroes. They always want to share success with everyone else. And that's what that champions program can really achieve for you. You can have your CX heroes embedded throughout the organization. So I love that idea of embedding them in the organization, because I know also another research that we do around innovation or innovation teams, if they exist within a silo, right, the message isn't supported in the organization. Mm -hmm. So in this case, if you have them feeling like they are getting the recognition for this topic, and also then everyone around them, all of those colleagues are constantly thinking about CX as well, and they have a source to ask questions to, Mm -hmm. sort of lifts up the CX of the whole org. Exactly. 
So we've talked about how to get this championship program up and running, right? How to start with frontline employees and then begin to build it out, how you need proof of ROI and you need leadership buy-in, and then you need some type of recognition mechanism as well for the employees that are participating. When I'm thinking of how, you know, someone listening to this might say, okay, well, I'm going to plan this CX championship program, it might sound like a lot to come up with all of the ideas at once to really structure the program from the start. Is there yeah. any recommendation on how people can think about structuring this? <laughs> My recommendation is don't do that. Yes. <laughs> like anything else, I recommend prototyping the experience. Mm -hmm. Start small and start simple, whether it is starting by focusing just on what we're going to train them in before anything else. Mm -hmm. Get their feedback and develop the program further. Commit just six months to a year for the first cohort of champions, and that gives you an opportunity to reset, change things without missing any expectations from that original cohort. So. Start small, start with training, then think about what maybe the projects they could get involved in are and go from there. Right. Love it. To do a sort of beta test at first, see what works, see what yes. incentivizes people, what excites them to participate, what makes the message resonate and continue to evolve. Yeah. And a shameless plug for research Kelly Price and I are doing right now in employee research. Mm -hmm. It's all about prototyping. I mean, for too long, we've missed the mark on training because we've packaged it together and seen whether or not the employee is going to utilize it. And more often than not, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So start small and test and learn. Yes. Yeah, because there has to be an experience design of learning programs as well. Yes. So that's great. Angelina, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. I know we tackled a really big topic and talked about everything from what is a CX championship program, what are the goals, how do you begin to model that program, and also how do you continue to evolve it over time so that it's something that really has staying power in the organization. Listeners, if you want to know more, please find a link to the report that some of this conversation was based on. It is titled Customize Your CX Champions Program. And keep an eye out for that upcoming research as well that Angelina just mentioned <laughs> that will be coming out hopefully soon. So Angelina, thank you so much for joining and speak to you all next week. Bye for now.